Welcome to Medical Sales Live, the number one resource for breaking into medical sales and building your career. Today, very pleased to have Dr. Christopher Meichler here with us from Morton Plant Hospital. Dr. Meichler, welcome. Thank you. Please tell us a little Pleasure bit about your, your background, uh, where you went to school, your residency, sure, and uh, so, uh, how you ended up at Morton Plant. Yeah, thanks again for having me, Rich. Sure. Um, so I... Uh, Let's see, I've been practicing neurosurgery for now 13 years. I'm originally from Tampa, Florida. Um, went to undergraduate up in Chicago at Northwestern University and then uh, medical school down in uh, Miami area. And then I did my, um, uh, I'm sorry, medical school down in Miami and the residency up in Philadelphia for seven years. And then being from Tampa, uh, there's always a sort of a desire of me to, to come back home. And so in 2009, I uh, got a job through um, uh, in a private practice at the time um, with a couple of the neurosurgeons who I had known for a while. And then I've been in that practice since. Perfect. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So I thought we'd start with a little bit about reps in, in your OR room and sure. what you like, what you don't. What kind of skill set are you looking for and strengths that you think make them successful sure. uh, to be part of your team? Well, I mean, you know, I think neurosurgery itself is a pretty demanding profession, um, both from a physician standpoint and an ancillary standpoint. Um, but, you know, I think dedication to the job and just knowledge going into it, especially when you're in a surgical field, is, is, is extremely important. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of demand um, on reps, uh, medical device reps in the neurosurgical field, and that trickles down to family. That can trickle down to uh, weekends. Um, just, you know, unfortunately, we're not able to predict when we need to do surgery, and therefore we're not able to predict when we need uh, device reps in the OR with us. So, you know, it, it's a very rewarding field, um, but it's also very demanding in terms of um, commitment. Uh, what, what percentage of your time is elective versus trauma, you sure. know, emergency-type surgery, and do you always have a rep in the room? Mm -hmm. during that all times, including, mm -hmm. I'll say, on-call times? Right. Three in the morning? Right. So, you know, fortunately in the spine world, um, the traumatic aspect or emergent aspect of spine surgery isn't something where you necessarily need to be in the OR within an hour, like it is when you're talking about cranial um, surgery. If someone's had a stroke or a large brain tumor, um, that requires more of a, a time urgency. But most of the time when someone comes in um, that is going to require um, operative intervention, generally it's about a six-hour window that I can inform the rep uh, to know that I'll need them that day. And what kind of clinical competency are you looking for out of the rep? What is your expectation of a good rep yeah. uh, and your definition of that can help you and your team um, get through a given case or get through a given day? Yeah. And... and, and Forgive me, you'd ask about the elective aspect of practice, and I'll get to that in a second. But I'd say about 70% of my practice is elective um, with respect to spine surgery. So the other 30% is cranial, and again, uh, that is somewhat elective in itself. But for the most part, the reps have a, uh, a really good knowledge of when they're going to be needed, and they have an ample time to do that. Um, so. Your question was uh, on the competency of the rep. Yeah, you know what what makes a good rep from a bad rep. Sure. Um, what are the things that annoy you, or you know, obviously can make a case go much smoother, or becomes much more challenging day. 
right. um, if they do their job well versus not. So, you know, I think that for me and in my practice, um, being a good rep, it all has to do with trust and knowledge that they are um, committed to the job. Um, just like I have to be committed to my job and, and the hospital has to trust what I do and the decisions I make, uh, the same thing applies to um, a rep in a, in a company. And, you know, as, as you gain trust in that individual, their responsibility becomes larger to the point where in my operating room, the uh, rep who I use will be measuring off sizes um, from a bone perspective. So I'll know what size screw necessarily I have to use. Um, and, you know, for example, what type of um, hardware I'd put in the disk space if I'm doing a fusion, uh, size of plates, et cetera. And I trust that individual because I have other stuff going on um, in the OR as well that, you know, they're able to help me. So, so trust, dependency, um, you know, those are extremely two important things. Uh, so from your perspective, the rep, um, you know, is, is part of your team. Absolutely. I mean, you, they're not just not somebody in there opening a box, you know, from no. time to time. They could be involved in the pre-op planning. Yes. Um, not necessarily the post-op care, but certainly making the, your team, they're, they're a team member within the hospital. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things that, that I talked to my rep about in the OR is, you know, when he goes into the operating room, this patient is under drapes and, uh, you know, he doesn't really see a lot, but these are actual individuals and human beings. And so I, I make it a point to uh, take them on rounds at times after surgery the next day just to see, well, this is so-and-so, Mrs. X, you know, this is actually how she's doing, why we did what we did, you know, let the patient say, you know, am I feeling better, doc? I'm ready to go home. So it sort of impacts the rep to know that it's more than just a run-of-the-mill case in the operating room. These are real human beings you're operating on. So, you know, it's almost a family. I mean, you know, you have the nursing staff, you have the anesthesia staff, you have the surgeon, um, you have the scrub tech, and then you have the rep. And it's important for that rep to uh, be able to, to speak up in the operating room, to talk to the scrub tech, um, have a good relation with, relationship with them in terms of, you know, how to, to load an instrument, how to, you know, different, because the scrub techs go through, you know, 10 different companies in a week. So it's, it's, everything's a little different. Very good. And last question on the rep side of things. What are some examples of things that they should and should not do inside an operating room? Well, I think it has to do with their comfort level uh, with the surgeon, and that goes back to, you know, that sense of family and trust. Um, you know, when you're first starting out, I think it's important to be sort of uh, on your toes a little bit in terms of not stepping over bounds, not talking up in the middle of a, an important aspect of surgery. That certainly can provide some annoyance as a surgeon. Um, but, you know, as the months go on and as the years go on as a surgeon, you become more comfortable with a certain representative in the OR. And therefore, if I'm doing a case and, you know, perhaps I'm angling at a certain angle, you know, then I feel very comfortable with someone telling me, hey, why don't you think about this or try that? It's a, it's a sense of, you know, in my operating room at least, you know, speak up when you feel something's important to speak up and don't. You know, if the middle, you'll know in the middle of the surgery when there's an important aspect of the case and or stress has sort of reached a higher point, not to say not to say it's much. time to leave the room, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> that's, sometimes that's happened. <laughs> 
Be sure to check back for part two of our conversation with Dr. Meichler as he discusses the latest in product innovation and surgical techniques in neurosurgery and spine care. And as always, be sure to subscribe to this channel for all things medical sales.